Hey everyone, welcome back to The Gleeman. I'm here with my co-host Vance, that way on my screen, and Matt, our good friend and first-time reader. Hello. Everyone, how's it going? So last, yeah. So last week we went through Matt's impressions as a semi-experienced, you know, but not avid fantasy reader, his impressions of The Eye of the World. So we got some takes from him early impressions, how he felt about different characters and plot points, and this Mm. week we want to dive into how the Great Hunt landed, and how he felt it stuck the landing on book two. Vance, do you have any questions you want to begin with? Or actually, Matt, do you have any uh, unled comments you want to make about Mm. this book? Before we get into the interview process. Um, well, I don't, so it is a spoiler, and you can cut this out. Nah, they've read uh, the book. Of other books, but Selene is definitely Lanfear. Like, in this book, you just know. It's never mentioned in this book. But she's definitely Lanfear, even in this book. No, she's she's totally just some random, inexplicably... Beautiful woman mm-hmm. who is it is the evil. most um I'm trying to think of the word projected like yeah non secret obvious for sure for sure yes yeah it's the most obvious secret like she's really not trying <laughs> no <laughs> I mean like, she's oh. trying a little bit because she you know she masks her identity so that's. I put that as like kind of. That's a one out of ten on the effort scale. <laughs> like, hmm, a woman who can channel, who's pretty obviously got some sort of ulterior motive. No, probably she evil. doesn't have an ulterior motive, Matt. She's too beautiful to have an ulterior motive. Clearly. How could she have an ulterior motive? <laughs> I mean, Matt, if you found yourself in a mysterious mirror reality that has no <laughs> human beings. Or visible life. I would definitely of. be super calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then you and then you find the hottest woman you've ever seen, like being attacked by frog bears. Like this I is was normal. Talking about Celine, Celine <laughs> being super calm about being attacked by frog bears. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, yeah. Totally it's calm. Just That's like, normal. It's like it's a it's like a minor inconvenience for her. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see. Like here. oh no. I'm well, being Celine, attacked. Celine is so beautiful, the frog bears weren't actually attacking. They just wanted a good selfie with her. Famous for being yep. famous. Yeah. All right. Okay, so Matt thinks Celine is Lanfear. <laughs> That's his hot take from... Uh, Matt thinks Celine is Lanfear in the book where... It confirms that... We don't know that Celine is Lanfear. <laughs> officially. But do we officially. know? Yeah. <laughs> so you put that together just... Like when when she was introduced or along the way, so shortly after she was introduced, okay, yeah, because because she kept on asking, yep. oh, you know, you should seek out mm-hmm. glory, and everyone she met right. was like, you should you should blow the horn of Valier, yeah, you should do this, yeah, yeah, and I got the feeling it was more mm-hmm. so she could control whoever blew the horn, yep. but at that point, you know. She could blow the horn herself and right. control that army too. 
Hmm. Are we gonna make which is which is something I don't really understand. I guess she didn't want the glory. Think of the glory responsibility that comes with that. Yeah, could be. Yeah, we could totally take a deep dive into the weird psychology of Lanfear because Lanfear is just crazy. Oh yeah, that's fair. As far as I can tell. Yeah, that's fair. From later book. So. Moving on. Wait, wait, wait. I have, I have one more. Oh, okay, fine. I thought we were going to get to do this round robin thing where you asked and I asked. But go ahead. Monopolize okay, all go. the time. All right. <laughs> all right. So, similar to the last book, Matt, I want to ask you, who was your favorite character in this one? I'm dying to know who you ended up liking Ooh, by boy. the end of the book. Um... Hmm. Oh, this is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Aaron's pretty close, but let me think. This is tough. It actually just gets harder and harder. I think. I think. I think Rand. Rand's finally doing stuff. Yep. I think maybe Rand. Yeah. You like Rand a lot more. Yeah, but it's, it's tough doing that with Perrin around because, you know, Perrin starts using his powers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which are cool. Right. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, though, is Rand is a lot less of a blank slate in this book. Um, yeah. You know, there's something to right, it. Yeah, there's yeah. substance. So Perrin didn't have to be a blank slate in the previous book because he wasn't the central character, Rand mm-hmm. was. But uh, yeah, sure. now that we've already had, we've got a whole book worth of, you know, characters and some light world building behind us, uh, we can move into this one where Rand can start really coming out into his own and, uh, yeah. you know, discovering, we're still on this journey with him, but we get a sense that of who Rand is a little bit more and we get to learn along with him as he's learning, which I think is one of the mm-hmm. reasons this book is a bit yeah. of a standout in the early sections. Uh, because you just, you're, you're never told how the magic works. You constantly get to see how it works. Uh, and that's that's one thing that just Jordan did pretty well throughout the entirety of the series is he's very good at show, not tell. Uh, so definitely. Yeah. Well, Drew, now you can go ahead and take the floor back. (laughs) It's not, it's not meaningful. I was just going to make Matt pick between. Is Celine actually so beautiful that, like, is she actually as beautiful as those sequences portray? Is she using magic on Rand, Huron, and Loyal? Or are the three of them just idiots? I don't think she's using magic on them. I think she's using, you know, the power on herself. Like the eyes that I do Mm -hmm. on themselves. Right. So yeah. what, something, who knows how something I similar mean, to what I'm sure Moraine figured did out at Marilon. Moraine, who knows how old Moraine is? Do we really know? I mean, we probably do know, but <laughs> we actually do. But you're you don't know yet in the series. But it's like, like all the icy ice ice die are ageless. Ageless. I mean, probably except for like the very old. But I assume yeah. they also live longer, probably than yeah. other. Mm-hmm. Normal humans, so yep, yep, yeah, yep. I think Celine just 
magic makeup herself. Okay. That's okay. probably That's fair. fair. Do you think it's similar to how Meringue like made herself appear fifty feet tall in bare lawn and then stepped over the wall? Probably. Okay. There we go. Some sort of illusion. Yeah. And I mean, if you can make yourself fifty foot tall, why couldn't you make yourself look like anyone? Exactly. So even. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good take. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh similar to last time, what was your overall impression of this book? Oh, it was so good. Okay. It was so good. <laughs> that's a much that's a significant improvement over the eye of the world. It, it was a uh, <laughs> It was much faster paced. I like much faster, faster pace. Well, okay. Not much, but it was faster paced enough. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. I think it hit the sweet spot. Oh, yeah. Some books just rush through things, mm-hmm. but this one, I think, hit the sweet spot. Took its time where it needed to take its time, yeah. and then mm-hmm. was frantic oh, yeah. in the parts where you needed it to be frantic. Oh, yeah. Yep. Vance and I have agreed for years that The Great Hunt is the best pacing in the entire series. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the best paced books I've ever read. Uh, I, uh, yeah. So far, I, I won't agree. argue. Yeah. So, I also think that The Great Hunt is easily the most cinematic of all the books. Yeah. I think there would be very little, there would need to be very little done to it to uh, translate it to screen uh, if you were going to do like it as a standalone kind of kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, in that note, cinematically, I think the opening sequence with Rand and Lan sword fighting on a tower top, man. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Yep. Oh, so good. Pull, season two pull, opener. Pulling at my heart there. <laughs> well, maybe it might be in season one. We don't know. That hasn't been confirmed. So, Matt, moving on to plot point by plot point here. What did you think of the prologue of this book? The dark friend social, as we call it. Uh, pretty interesting. I, I still don't know who some of them are, mm-hmm. even after two more books. Well, Two and a half, one and a half more books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, I imagine I'll, if I ever reread it, I'll find out some right. and pick it up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting. And, you know, it also made me believe that, you know, maybe it, it put some doubt into who they were talking to mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll probably when we do other episodes i'll talk about the doubt okay but. do you mean like it added in it added an intrigue to intrigue, the series yes yeah okay, okay. Yeah. yeah i see what you're saying i, I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. stuff well you so. just get a little sure. bit i mean spoilers for the great hunt are <laughs> totally allowed here uh but it, it's kind of interesting because it gives you that look into the inner workings of the dark friends right like yeah. They seem kind of disconnected and random in the first book, mm-hmm. but this one gives you that sense that, oh no, there's a much more deeply connected power structure yeah. here than we initially right. thought. Uh, so, And we also find out that, you know, um, there are dark friends within the Aes Sedai. Yep. And that was yeah. pretty interesting to find out. Yeah, that's a big that's a big uh, turn. Mm-hmm. And and in in the the uh, white cloak yeah. as well, which was very surprising because they're all about 
their whole entire focus is rooting out dark <laughs> friends, and if one's a dark friend themselves, then like, what the heck? Right. It's so weird. Awesome, awesome. So what do you think about the just the entire, op- like, from that point on, like, we move it back into Faldara, where we, as Drew stated earlier, we, we kind of zoom in on Rand and Lan doing uh, sword, sword fighting training. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, there, we just have several chapters where they're in Faldara. Uh, what did you think of those chapters uh, within the, within the uh, fortress slash city? That was probably the... It wasn't slow, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of a... Kind of like a hangout yeah. chapter or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. how to describe it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like, let's let these people unwind now that they've gotten to a friendly mm-hmm. place, I guess. Right. Right. So when Rand starts deciding, like toward the end of that unwind sequence, when he starts deciding that he needs to get away... Did you think his trying to push Perrin and Matt away and Loyal away was believable? No. No. <laughs> no. They, they better do a better job in the, in the show. Because yeah. that was... Uh, like, that if, was I were, if, you were my, yeah. if you were my friend and you tried to do something like that... Well, you are my friend, but if you, if you tried to do something like that, it'd be like... Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> this is suspicious. Something's wrong. So here. we've stumbled. We've stumbled onto how Jordan creates artificially creates conflict in his novels, which is a uh, character says something makes someone mad, and they don't talk about it, and then they don't communicate. Oh, that's been used since I know the dawn of hey fiction. Yeah, I know, right? Jordan uses it a lot, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like especially in TV shows, it's like, oh, you could solve everything just by calling a person. That's what's called. It's literally called idiot plotting mm-hmm. in like, the industry. Communication solves everything, but if you don't communicate, you don't you don't have plot. Right. I mean, we're, is, we're 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 simplifying a little... it for for comedic effect, but I mean that's the yeah. essence of why he has a lot. Now there there are logical story reasons and character motivations for why they don't want yeah. to contact. Like uh, I get why and, he wanted to, but, but it it wasn't convincing, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. me as a reader, well, especially early on, right? Like this early segment of it is not very well executed, and it's very it it comes off as like like you said, cheesy comical, like you would see in an old eighties style sword and sorcery film. Uh, Mm -hmm. which in all fairness is what (laughs) this series is still breaking out of. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the cultural zeitgeist. It was where it was developed in. Right. So, yeah. But like it hasn't matured yet. Yeah. Well, it's only on book two. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair to say. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Okay. So now that Rand's trying to get away, Ta-da! The Amarillion's here. Did you like Amarillion? The Amarillion? Are we talking about an Amarillo, <laughs> Texas here? The Amarillin? Uh, Amarillin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're gotta give you grief about it. Amarillin seat. There we go. Who? I like, need. I, don't I need get, better cereal on hand. I don't get really. I put up with this. That's fair. 
she doesn't have much of a personality in this book, I guess. She's just a figure. Hmm. That makes sense. That's fair. I mean, okay. do we even... Okay. Like, she's not a character. She's a... Mm, like I mean, a position, almost? A position. She's the representation like she can, she of an institution. She could have any name. Yeah, she's... She could have any name. She's representative yeah. of her institution, is what it is. Yeah. And so and that's I, what you I see. I feel like it's not until other books that we get... Who is the Amarlin Right. Why do we even care about her, mm-hmm. other than she has leadership? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. This, this book is more of an introduction to that role and that position mm-hmm. more than the character. I, mean, I don't even think we find out her name in this book. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do. Yeah. I can't. You know, I think you make can't recall. I think you make just, a good point though, Matt, because if like just thinking about what you just said, mm-hmm. if we got much more depth on her character mm-hmm. now, I think that may have robbed some of the mystique of the White Tower as an institution. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that, so. that was a lot of the wonder of Egwene and Nynaeve's early yeah. time there. Yeah, so. yeah, this is actually uh, a good transition. Do we get fish their... puns? No, maybe not in this book. Are there fish puns in this I book? I don't recall. I don't think, <laughs> I don't so, think so. Okay. Anyway, that's a good segue into uh, Egwene and Nynaeve's storyline, into the tower, um, so we can move on to there, and then we can come back to Faldara and follow mm-hmm. the boys. So let's go off with the girls yeah. first and see see what you thought about their little uh, adventures into the White Tower. Yeah. Down the river. Oh, there are fish puns, because there aren't until they actually get to the White Tower. Mm. Like, uh, strangely enough, the Amarlin isn't really a person until she's back in the White Tower. Okay. I would say. I, th- I think that's. I think that's more. Still right. on the old topic and not moving on to the next one. I see. That's fine. <laughs> Anyways, here we go. Yes, new topic. Go ahead. What I already asked you. You just didn't listen to me because you were looking it up on the wiki. <laughs> so you should stop doing that and pay attention to the conversation. Uh. So I said, what did you think of the girls' storyline as they were moving down river and eventually getting into the White Tower? So we can move through the book because we only have ten minutes left. So. Um, for as much pacing as we have in this book, we're going slow. Let's go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, mm. just what'd you think of it? What'd you think of their storyline? We don't have to go detail into detail. It, it was it was fine. A lot of these riverboat things are just kind of blah mm, to me. Yeah, you think the riverboating sections are blah? That's fair. Okay, so what about when what about when the girls actually get to the tower? Like, as a because it's it, the tower is a magic academy, yeah. right? Like like yeah. Hogwarts yep. or you magical know, school things. trope. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. What did you think of it as a magical school? Do you enjoy it? Meh. It it has its moment. It, okay. It does, and you know, it's not just like teaching people. They have magical artifacts mm-hmm. and things like that. We learn about. Right. Arangrials there and um everything's like an Angrial, you know, whatever. So uh we we learned that, you know, these there's these magical artifacts that can be used even without the power. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and for sure. It makes me wonder if we'll see 
in the future. Like they said that the way to make them was lost, mm -hmm. but I wonder if we'll see in the future if they actually can make more. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder. Okay, Drew. <laughs> Stop leading so so much, Drew. Uh, but no, seriously. So they got to the tower, and then you know, basically, once they're there, they're introduced to some characters we met in the first book, but that they never met in the first book. And yes. they're introduced to a whole yes. bunch of people who all know one specific character in the book. Yes. Who's arguably so, a central character of the books. The most central the character. Last, last episode, I said, I think I said, all these villages don't really matter. Yep. Well, it turns out some of the people inside of them do. <laughs> turns out some of them do. <laughs> I guess, I guess Taviran, can Taviran make people into... Uh, Channelers just by being around them, or like, uh, no, no, I don't but know. I think no, no, they no. do shake. They definitely shake up their lives. Yes. So uh, we didn't mm -hmm. cover this in the previous book, but we do learn from Loyal, who we also didn't cover on the previous episode. That uh, how dare I? Oh, Loyal's great. Loyal's great. By the yeah. way, I I, He's so I could great. feel it from from your how much you said you. I like would the be friends with section, him. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. So we learned that all three of our main boys are Tavir, and the pattern kind of you know, uses them to warp events to its needs. Uh, that gives them some special status. Uh, Rand is the strongest of the three we learn in this book, and weird things happen around him. Uh, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. part of that is that somehow all of Our these... girls decide to take off and explore the world. All of these girls that he met in the previous book all somehow end up in one spot together and become super best friends, right? Yep. Except for Elsa. She's the only one. Or Elsa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not best friends with yep. her. Elsa Grinwell. So. But yeah, so what did you think about uh, Egwene and Nynaeve meeting uh, Elaine and Min? How was that? How did you feel about it? Uh, I was... What a coincidence. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> <What> a coincidence. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Boy, howdy. All these... Uh... Well, Min was a surprise because she was not mentioned that much. Just that random mm. viewing at the very beginning. Right. And I don't even know right. if we got her name. Did we get her name at that point? We did. We did? Okay. But, like... She wasn't emphasized It was a just such a one-off. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just, like... Oh, you didn't fall instantly in love with her pixie cut and the fact that she's not like other girls by wearing uh, boys' clothes? <laughs> no, okay. no, I did not. Interesting. Okay. But, Matt, she's not like other girls. She's not like other girls. Come on, Matt. You're supposed to like her so much. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Especially now that she's around all the other girls. Right. Whom she's not like. Whom she's not like. Except, <laughs> except two <laughs> of them have something in common with her that she likes. Oh. Okay. Anyway. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a, I mean, that's a pretty good stopping point. Let's circle back to the boys. What did you think about the attack on Faldara, the horn getting stolen, and then the boys setting out after it? And specifically, what that did you horn think? horn gets stolen way too much. It's a lot. Way too much. It's a lot. What did you think about Thane and the way he escaped? How creepy was it? Oh, boy. Oh, no, just talk to me about Thane in general. I just want to hear your thoughts. Okay, so he's been possessed, mm -hmm. 
by. So why is he working for the dark? By who's he been possessed by, by the dark lord? Who's he been possessed by? by? Morda. Okay, there we go. So why is he working for the dark lord still? Because I thought Mordeth was in opposition of the dark lord, even though they're kind of identical. So that's interesting, right? Sort of. So what? I mean, do you not remember that Fane was actually well, a yeah, quote, Fane unquote, is a dark friend for the dark lord. Like he has yeah. something so, like, done to him that makes him. So like is. He just confused all the time, like with Mordeth saying, no, I don't want to work for the Dark Lord, and Thane being like, I have to because I've been hmm. bonded yeah. by yep. Oath or whatever. Well, at, yeah, at this point, Pat and Thane and Ordeeth, as he calls himself, are still distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he has yet to oh, come yeah. to a unity. Yeah. Yeah. Within himself. Yep. He's very, mm-hmm. very disassociative in this book. And, like, we, we see the results of him being more death with him killing that Murdral. Mm-hmm. That was yep. epic. I got chills yes, when I read but that like, the first time. Like, we, we see what happened to the Murdral, but we don't, like, what kind of powers does Mordeth actually have? Is he just super strong? Or is, is he a smoke monster type, there, fog monster type thing? There's theories about it, and you will, you will get more on it later. Okay. I don't right. wanna, we don't want to tell you too much about what he does uh, this early on, because you really don't get a chance to see Cause, much cause of we it. Because we don't see... Now, I'm, here's the thing. Get a you do see a little bit perception. of it. You do see a little bit of his powers in Faldara. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what they kind of encompass but I'm going to leave that to you to put together and, as you read. And I know the wolves hate him. Yes. Oh, they yeah. They hate him with a fiery passion. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, what did you yeah, think Fane about... Yeah, fascinating. What, so, anyway, the horn gets stolen. The boys set mm-hmm. out. Again. They go, on their, they go on their little adventure with the, with the Shinarans, led by Ingtar. Uh, yep. You know, they've this got their whole, their whole chase scene. And then, uh, you know... Uh, I, I felt like all of that was really cool. We see Rand come into his own a little bit more. Um, we get introduced to Huron, right? Yep. So yep. that whole section, and how did you how did you feel about it? It's not just a ton of like action, but it's a lot of like it's a lot of like no, minor not, world building but... and character development. Yeah. Hey everyone, sorry for the cut there. Uh, Drew actually had to uh, run and go take care of something, so it's just me and Matt for the rest of the episode. Um, I think we left off with uh, talking about the chase from Faldara, right? Chasing after the horn with Rand and, and Ingtar and the boys. So yeah. uh, what were your thoughts on that entire section? It's, it's like multiple chapters. So. It, so normally I would say it would, it would be kind of slow, or not slow, but chase scenes and things like that aren't usually my bag. Right. But this was, this was actually pretty entertaining because there was variety to it. Right. Like the party splits, mm-hmm. the party meets back eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about why the party and, split. Yeah. Um, the portal stones, very interesting yeah. concept to add with them being like precursor to the, the ways or whatever. That, that's pretty interesting. And also the fact that like they're like a mirror world mm-hmm. or whatever. That's pretty cool. Um, 
we end up meeting Sabine, yeah. who's definitely a land fear. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so what do you think about the mirror world? It makes me wonder... I think this was probably answered in a different book, but it makes me wonder... Um, is there a world where the Dark One... Like, the Dark One exists in every world, mm-hmm. probably. Because it, it's a primal force. Yep. But is there a world where the boar was never created? So, I mean... You know? Well, given the fact that Jordan did introduce, you know, multi, a multiverse, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, or at least parallel worlds, where they all run in a similar fashion to each other, but there's minor differences, it does stand to reason yeah. that enough, you know standard deviations from the baseline reality, which it is confirmed that the reality our character's in is base reality. Um, yeah. So everything outside of that is, is, is a mirror of it. And the further okay. you get away from the reflection yeah. of and that, well, the, the more different it becomes, the less tangible they are. So while, yeah. yes, there probably is a mirror world out there that exists like that, it could be almost made of mist because it is so far mm-hmm. removed from the reality that they live in, if that makes any sense. Okay, so the further you get from the prime world, the less stable the world is. Yeah, stable or like coherent in some fashion. Mm-hmm. So More twisted yeah. and strange it is. So who do you, who gotcha. do you think... How do you think Rand and then Rand and Huron and Loyal got to the uh, Mirror World? Well, I obviously know because I'm on. Do you know? Four, do you? But... Oh, so there are a couple of camps. I mean, there are a couple of camps to this. Was it Celine who channeled Rand into the through the portal stone, oh. or did Rand channel on accident while he's well, asleep? I think Rand channeled on accident while he was asleep. Interesting. So you think Egwene's dream where she sees a beautiful woman standing over Rand as he sleeps has no impact on this. Fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me think. No, I, I still think, I still okay. think Rand channeled in sleep. All right. Because he does a lot of things in later books just on accident. I mean, everyone does a lot of things in the books on accident, to be completely honest. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm in the I'm in the camp that Landfear uh, handled them over there. Oh, now okay. Why would she be in there in the first place if he didn't know he was going to be in there? Okay, okay, I agree with you now. Okay, yeah, you've convinced there you me. Go. So I have I have converted me. you to my theories. Take that, all of you ran sleep did it in his sleep uh, fans. But uh, you've convinced me because why yeah. would she be in there? It's not like so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another th- thing, a uh, character specifically, I want to touch on that we haven't yet is uh, what do you think of Varen in this book? She's she's you know more introduced in this time. We already met her back at Valdara, but uh, we get to interact with her a lot more. Very sneaky. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Interesting words like, for a brand. I don't know. I don't know what her, because she wasn't part of Moraine's OG group. Yeah. She just kind of found out on her own. Mm -hmm. So, like, what is her, we don't really know her motivations. Yeah. Interesting. And she keeps on 
putting her nose into stuff mm-hmm. and trying to be involved when, you know, a normal person would be like, oh, well, you're doing that? Well, I'm just going to stay out of this because that's kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as I can tell. Well, but she's not necessarily me. a normal person, right? Quote, unquote, normal. Yeah, she's an Aes Sedai. But, like, for, but for normal Aes Sedai, being involved with that, according to Amaral and Seat, would get you um, gentle, not gentle, but what's the other thing? Filled. Uh, the opposite. Filled. Yeah. Being involved, like trying to control the Dragon Reborn. Mm-hmm. Would get you still okay. So why is she risking that? I mean, we know why Moraine is, I guess, sort of, and we know why the Amaryland Seed Mm -hmm. is, but we don't know why she's being she's involving herself. Like she knows about it, right? Because she's intuitive. Mm -hmm. But why is she involved? Yeah. Why is she? Why is she risking everything? Exactly. All good questions. I mean, you know, stuff that will uh, you maybe eventually get answered as you read. I still don't know. So, yeah, but. yeah. I, I liked her a lot uh, from the moment she was introduced. Uh, it's kind of that, like, intuitive nature. She knows a lot about what's going on already. You know, mm-hmm. her motives are unclear. It's very similar to how Moraine was portrayed, portrayed portrayed in yeah. the first book. We were not clear on where she her motivations lied, right? Like, what was her purpose? Yeah. And it's the same thing with Varen in this one. Though I think RJ did a better job of it uh in this book now granted if maybe this was different for readers who got to read the book as they were coming out and they picked up eye of the world in 1990 and read it with nothing else afterwards but i didn't have that you and i didn't have that luxury because i started reading in 05 so i was kind of like already knew where moraine's story was going to go just from looking at all the other books and their covers Mm -hmm. um (laughs) And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that mystery, but with Varen in the great hunt, I did have that sense of mystery and I didn't know what she was looking for. Yeah. And it sounds like you kind of echo that yeah. sentiment. I mean, I got some theories, but I don't really want to put them That's out. That's fine. They might, yeah. I don't you wanna, don't want to have any potential spoilers. From I don't want to color anyone. Right. Anyone's um, opinions. So moving on from that. And after the mirror world, what do you think of the entire section where it's just Rand and Huron and Loyal and they're going to Camelin? Um That was I was not Camelin, pretty interesting. Kyrian, sorry, Kyrian. Yeah, Kyrian. That that other sea city. Yes. That, that was that was good. That, that yep. was a good settled down mm-hmm. period like we got in Camelin. Right. What did you think of the introduction to the Kyrianan as a people? Oh boy. I don't really know if I like them. <laughs> they're they're too extra. You, so you don't like just you, you don't extra. like the great game? Is that what I'm hearing? You don't like dice? No, it's a little confusing. Like, is it just a game of assassinations, or is it a game of trying to get the upper hand in yeah, politics? Political machin- both? Political really machinations know. through any means necessary, often uh, coupled with intense. Speculative information gathering. I mean, is it like playing the stock market? Yeah, maybe. In politics? Could be. Or, I don't know. Could be. And it's a little little confusing. That's fair. That's fair. 
And like, is that really a game or is that just politics in general? Because it just kind of seems like politics in general. Yeah, right. I mean, it's definitely based off of some of that, like, you know, noble house movement politics stuff that would later come to the forefront of fantasy in, like, series like A Song of Ice and Fire, right? So, um, what'd you think of a specific character return? Oh, oh, so good. It warmed my heart. I was so worried in book one. Really? Okay. Oh, because... I, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know mm. if he was going to return. It's like, oh, he's back. Fantastic. They, they just started describing him, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is yep. great. They, they're, so we're know, talking about Tom, for those who you know, want us to just go out and say it. Uh, best, best boy yeah, is back. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you enjoyed that, that part. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, well, and um, I can't believe that you... It's such a tragic so you thought, hero or tragic... You thought he wasn't going to come back. Is that what I'm hearing? I didn't. I thought he was dead. I mean, Moraine kept on saying he was alive, but I was like, I mean, he's got daggers up against a myrtle. Mm. Okay, sure. Yeah, he's going to survive. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. If you say so, Moraine. Mm-hmm. But now he did. Yeah. It turns out the, he didn't, the myrtle didn't care at all about right. Tom. So, okay. <laughs> Well, that's good. I'm glad you were happy you came back. Which now makes a lot of sense, but at the time I was like, oh, wow. Right. This is crazy. So, uh, I mean, moving on into the end of the book, just for sake of brevity here, we know that Rand and company meet back up with Ingtar uh, and mm-hmm. the rest of the Shinarans. Uh, they, yep. take a, they take a portal stone. Yep. Uh, in an attempt to the reach Falma. Aldara. No, Falma. Or, yeah, Falma. Uh, so they can go uh, get the horn back from Fane. Uh, mm-hmm. Who, we, we didn't mention that Rand stole it. So, yeah, like you said, the horn gets stolen. Fane stole the horn at the beginning. Then Rand stole it back. Yep. Then Fane stole yep. it again. <laughs> yeah. For something being in a super, super heavy chest, this is he just makes Trollocs a little scary. ridiculous. He just makes Trollocs scary. Not that heavy for yeah, them. I guess. They're beastie boys. Mm-hmm. So. Well, um, and we didn't talk about this in the girl storyline, but they also end up over in Falma. Oh, the girl storyline was so good. That's what I wanted you to say earlier about it, and you were just like, like well, I didn't really like it at the White Tower. Well, blah, it, blah, it, blah. Until I wanted until you to they... take their story all the way to Falma, and then we were going to circle back, okay, but you okay. never did. Like, until, like, the second half of the book, there was no particularly good girls. Okay, but, but in the, so in the second half of The Great Hunt, you like their yes. story. You yeah, think it's interesting. Sure. So. Uh, the White Tower is not as interesting. The White Tower itself is, yeah. but like their story at the White Tower isn't mm. particularly. But so you think when they they get tricked into going to Falma and Egwene is captured, oh, yeah. that and oh, Nynaeve yeah. even Elaine and have to save her. The description of the what the Damani, 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 the Idom mm-hmm. and the Shan, just the Shan Chant in general, yep. are just so great. Mm-hmm. More Sean Chan. You want more Sean Chan? Okay. More. More Sean Chan, Jordan. He demands it. I mean, that's not really possible. (laughs) More. Oh, we'll see. Rest in peace. We'll see. 
Um, so what did you think about them collaring channelers and using them essentially as Ooh, super weapons? It so from a like like in our world that'd be horrific and terrible. Right. But I mean Aes Sedai, male specifically mm-hmm. Aes Sedai, responsible for the breaking of the world. Who's to say that women couldn't at some point go crazy too? Okay. You know, they're these powerful, almighty powerful, can be weapons. Mm-hmm. Just because Aes Sedai take the oath to not be weapons mm-hmm. doesn't mean that handlers in general can't be weapons. You, We've you think, seen it with Loghain right. and with the unnamed mm-hmm. um, dragons and, you know, it. they're just insanely powerful. It's like having an army, if you have a particularly strong channeler, right. it's like having half an army or a whole army gotcha. just by yourself. Yeah. So, so you think you, know, you think that something happened over in the Shanshan homeland that maybe oh, justified yeah. their well, their if they're, enslavement? I, I imagine male saying? channelers are everywhere. Well, but they don't have male channelers chained. It's only female channelers. No, what I'm saying is the breaking happened everywhere. Yeah, it and, did. But so uh, so but but you think you think there was something that happened in the Shanshan homeland that. Yeah. created a culture where they view it as acceptable to uh, enslave so. channelers for the benefit of the empire and the quote-unquote so. common non-channeling people. Yeah, okay. I, I still think that that's not right. Even right, in yeah, yeah, but you think the there's, sense of their yes, world. But you think there's a story reason that is that, yeah. it, that they could use to that justify. they think it's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's, that's good. That's interesting. That's more than I thought about it when I first read it. I was just like, oh, there's more bad guys. Like, I don't know what <laughs> could have happened. Maybe uh, maybe some women Aes Sedai tried, or not Aes Sedai, but mm-hmm. handlers mm-hmm. tried to uh, usurp a throne or something. I don't know. But That's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's what that's what I think. Good, good. I mean, solid theory for sure. We'll we'll see if it holds up to the test of time in the and book. Um, was it Turok? High Lord Turok. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know if we ever got confirmation that he was a dark friend, but he was definitely working with a dark friend. Yeah, I don't. Did we get I don't confirmation think he that he was, was a dark friend. friend? I don't think he was a dark friend. Okay, but but you know that Duroth was a dark friend. Yes. Okay. So, um, but, what what did you think of the entire ending sequence from Nynaeve and Elaine capturing a Suldam and collaring her to go get a Gwen? Oh, and so then, good. Then like such a great payoff. Brandon the boys going into town to steal the horn back. Like that whole that whole ending sequence. What do you think about it? Such a great payoff. Mm-hmm. Like like justice. Yeah. It was, it was, um, like, they didn't kill any, well, they didn't kill those people. Mm. I imagine their lightning strikes probably killed some people, or their earthquake mm-hmm. fireballs. But that sequence of them dealing with mm-hmm. just the 
the Soldam and the Damani that they dealt mm-hmm. with at that point. That yeah. was that was justice. That was the so right. Great. Okay, that's good. And what did you think about the uh, the heist into the city to steal the horn back? A little funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. It reminded me of like some of those scenes in like the Ocean's movies mm-hmm. where they, they yeah. start to execute yes. the plan. Like, like they start to execute the plan, then the plan just completely right. falls yeah, apart. Exactly. And they, have to, <laughs> they have to just deal right. with it. What did you think of? And uh, they did. What did you think of Ingtar's reveal? Oh boy, was not expecting mm-hmm. that. But he got a little bit of redemption. I'm hoping his soul is okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's one of the. I think that's a that high hit hard. Yeah. Uh, on but, so you didn't pick up any clues that you thought he would be a dark friend necessarily, or did did all of his behavior make sense? He was kind of. Did it start to make? So he sense? was obsessed with the yeah. horn just as much as Celine was obsessed with people. I wonder if Celine is who convinced Inktar. Become a dark friend for the glory. No, or... I don't think so. No, no, you don't think so. No, I think he became a dark friend far before she's ever in the picture. Okay. He even tells because, you why he became because... a dark friend in the in his little. It's, okay, it's been a while. Yeah, it's okay. been like it's been like three weeks since you finished the book. That's fair. So, it, I've been I've been marathon reading yeah. these or marathon right, listening yeah, yeah. to them. So he basically said he went over to the shadow because. He wanted to find a way for the shadow to spare Shinar. He was fed up with the borderlands having to bear the burden of protecting the Mm -hmm. Southlands. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's why he went over. Ultimately, for selfless reasons, which typically doesn't doesn't happen. It's mildly selfish for his own people, but it's also selfless in a way. It's not the typical dark friend uh, method. So then yeah. his return to the light there, self sacrifice at the end. It uh, it's one of those. It's one of those. What uh, I think a lot of people would call like I cried man tear moments for for guys. That's what we would say. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and this happened before. But what do you think about Rand defeating Turok and becoming a blade master in uh, in full? After only one book of sword training, <laughs> and maybe a thirty days, okay. thirty days in a book of sword training, would you think? Like he defeated Turok, mm-hmm. but I don't know if. I kind of feel like it was just maybe Turok had a bad day. I don't know. <laughs> Rand's Tavir in nature, seems... maybe. Yeah, like like a flute. Mm-hmm. Well, he did. He like, did train he still with has land. So much to learn. He did train with land, though. Yeah. So, like the warders trained probably like for years. Yeah, that's true. So it is true. So interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, you can pick up on things really fast, mm-hmm. but there, there is a limit. There, there must have been some sort of luck or some sort of um, just. Tavirinness. Yeah, I think it was like I wouldn't even I wouldn't say Tavirinness is the same as luck. I think agreed. That's that's like fate. Right, being right. Yeah, I and I do think you, it's some of his Tavirin nature 
coming through there to help him out in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, yeah. uh, what did you think about the uh, the horn scene? That was unexpected, yeah, but pretty interesting, and I think it'll be pretty interesting going forward that Matt was the one who sounded it. Right. That's just crazy. Horn sounder. Why would he do that? Matt, who wants nothing to do with anything. Well, but he also wants to live. He wants to live more than anything. Yes, he also wants to live, yes. (laughs) But it's just crazy. Very, very crazy scene. And what do you think about the sky battle? And specifically, do you think they should keep the sky battle for the TV show? Hmm. Or should they drop it? It was a little confusing, Mm -hmm. the sky battle. Right. Like, how big were they? Were they the same size? Were they giant? They were giant, yeah. They were giant. They were giant. That's kind of what I figured out. So you remember... Why were they giant? Did you watch season two of Avatar, uh, Korra? The Legend of Korra? Did you watch season two of it? Yeah. You remember the end of it where she and and Unalak get big and they have their giant kaiju battle in the water? Yeah. You remember when she and and Unalak have their kaiju battle in the water. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I felt like, this was. I, guess, I felt like this was like okay. Godzilla versus King Kong for the first time. I, I get that, but like, why? Like, maybe I can understand why they're dancing in the clouds, mm-hmm. but why did they become giant? Except to just, like, show off. To prove to everyone present that that was the dragon, right? This is the dragon reborn. Though he has not yet declared this is the one. I mean, I feel like just any crazy channeler could probably do that. Yeah, I mean, it's never really explained how that that happens, unfortunately. So we're still theorizing about it. Um, But I... Does that mean Rand can fly? No, no, they weren't flying. They were just fighting in the sky somehow. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, uh, what, uh, do you think they should keep that or cut it from the TV show? It needs some editing. I, I don't know what, okay. but there's something. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think needs to happen. And this is my, my opinion. I think they need to keep the Horn of Valir and blow it mm-hmm. and, and have that yeah. whole epicness because that's my 100% favorite part of the books. And I will be sad yeah. forever if it gets cut from the show. But they need to cut the sky battle because it doesn't make sense at all. It needs to just, they can cut that yeah. part out. We don't need it. Rand doesn't need to fight Baelzamon a second time or a first time, really, at the end of the Eye of the World. They can just cut both those fights. And, uh, well, then how will he get the injury that he never can get heals it? He can get whatever. it when he fights him only the one the first, time. The second no, time. Only the one time he would in the TV show. Yes. He can get it okay. that way. Okay. So, there we okay. go. We don't have to worry about it. It's done. I fixed it. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Except how will you get the epicness of oh mm. you know there was a battle in Balma and they'll just we think this guy may be the dragon now. I mean Rand Maybe. Rand could channel. I think he could channel. He could okay. channel in the fight, and that would. Say, but I mean, at that point, he's just another, plus. He would be fight, right? no. He no because he's he's leading the heroes of the horn on a charge. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. I mean, he's not just some false dragon. He has heroes of legend behind him. People people think that he blew the horn. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So there you go. Um, and going on for the wrap up here, uh, you know, we see that Rand uh, get, does get injured, crashes from the sky into a house. Men finds him, and then lo and behold, who shows up behind her? Dun dun dun. I'm asking you, who shows up behind her? Uh, I can't it's Lanfear finally revealing oh. that Celine was Lanfear the entire time. Ha 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 ha! I tricked you, reader. Like that. I can't. I can't. Oh man. Anyway. Yep. So overall, what's your what's your thoughts on the book? Great. It was it was a great book. Would you say it's better than Eye of the World? Yes. Great pacing. Okay. Um, great acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of world building. Yep. A lot of uh, character development. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I would like, I think. Well, no. Mm. It's happening. It's just, it's it at a slow a little, pace. It was a little heavy for some characters, mm-hmm. and I think it could be a little more spread yeah. out. But great story. Mm-hmm. Great. So would you say that this is a book that would hook readers on the series more than Eye of the World, since you liked it better? I think so, and I almost wonder, like, if you were to write some sort of prologue or novella Mm -hmm. as, like, a prequel to this, other than Eye of Mm -hmm. the World, I think you could go into the series easier i mean that may be like blasphemy or something but to some it might be so like i the world was just it's such a strange story now that i've read four mm-hmm. books or three and a half books right that just seems so separate well yeah yeah i mean there's there's an element of that to it i think part of that feeling is that jordan didn't fully have the metaphysics uh, worked all the way out. Um, he mm-hmm. didn't have... He had his ending, basically, by the time he was done with The Eye of the World. He knew where he wanted to go, where he wanted to end, how he wanted it to end. Yeah. But he didn't... Uh, he didn't necessarily know how he's going to get there. He knew he wanted... He had, a, like, a, a general plan, and he had some events he wanted to cover, but the path to those events wasn't all the way mapped out, I think. And so yeah. that's how we ended up with 14 books as opposed to 3 or 6 or 10 or 12 mm-hmm. at various points as, yeah. as it was stated the series was going to be. So, Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like you could write like 4 or 5 prequel chapters to that book. Mm-hmm. And... Drop some it of the detail. The first right, book. Drop some of the detail out of the eye of the world and just yeah, yeah. Condense it down to like two hundred pages. It would make a super long first book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who knows? All right. Well, there we have it. Hot, take. Hot takes. Coming coming in from a new reader. Hot takes, everybody. <laughs> Hide your, pre- hide your precious opinions and feelings. These new readers don't care about them. So, you get so much hate now. Uh, no, you'll be fine. I- everyone enjoys these perspectives. Otherwise, they wouldn't they wouldn't want to hear from uh, people who are just getting into it. So it's fun. And, you, I mean, your mind will change by the time you get to the end, right? Like, I know my mind Probably changed so. on multiple things throughout the series. And even on my reread now that I'm doing it, 
I'm still changing my mind on things. And as you discuss and interact with people in the community and get different perspectives, your mind changes. So it's one of those things. It's one of the best part about the series is the community mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. around it. So, well, uh, that's going to be it for this episode, everyone. I have been Vance from the Gleeman. That, that has been Matt. Which way? This way? This Hello. way? That Goodbye. way? Yeah. Can I get my, yep, there we go. That has been Matt. Uh, Drew was here and he is sadly gone, departed now. So, uh, as always, go ahead, uh, like the video if you liked it, dislike if you didn't, subscribe, hit the bell icon, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we will catch you next time.